Good day, it's Dale Bader, and we are ready to do yet another edition of Focus on Fertility. Today we are blessed to have a guest from us, joining us all the way from California, Christopher Jackson. He is president and CEO of Cicero DX, and he is going to be presenting information today if on a brand new or relatively new test. For those of you who might be dealing with prior failures with your IVF transfers or just simply have had failures with unknown reasons why. And so, Chris, we'd love to learn more about the Receptiva DX test. Well, great. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, just as a, as a background, unexplained infertility is an issue that is uh, quite large in, in, in the United States. And women that are seeking fertility help... Um, there's a large group of percentage that even after a lot of the normal testing that they go through will still have that diagnosis of unexplained infertility. And so at that time, they'll come and uh, visit a fertility center and they'll look at uh, various options. And our test is available not only as an upfront test for patients, but is uh, primarily used right now for patients that have failed IVF. Uh, have had uh, multiple uh, uh, pregnancy losses after an IVF transfer where they thought the embryo stuck and then uh, unfortunately uh, lost it. What our test is doing is it's identifying the cause of that. So even the best fertility centers in the country have about a 65% success rate. So we're focused on that other portion, that 35%, in getting to the bottom of what's going on. And the most common explanation for that, believe it or not, is endometriosis. So with endometriosis, people are usually thinking about that as someone who has uh, heavy uh, menstrual bleeding, uh, painful intercourse, uh, abdominal pain, uh, that type of thing. They don't think of uh, their fertility as being a, an issue. And so endometriosis, even in a very mild form on the uterine lining, can cause issues with someone's ability to get pregnant. So what we're doing for the first time is providing a test that can identify endometriosis without having to do any type of invasive surgery. So it's very common for individuals who are going through uh, maybe... They're having difficulties becoming pregnant. They'll go through the, with their OBGYN. And if they have stage 2, stage 3, stage 4 endometriosis, those are pretty easy to, to diagnose and see. So this is actually going to help diagnose maybe those that are not being truly diagnosed in the office early on. Is that, is that kind of what, where we're going with this? Exactly. The, the patients that uh, we're talking about are patients that endometriosis was the furthest thing from their mind. They did not have any of the classic hallmark symptoms that you, you think of. And uh, even in for uh, the doctors in the reproductive uh, community, uh, you, you're not thinking that. You're thinking, okay, it's a male factor, we fixed that, or it's, it's this and we fixed that, or we've got genetically tested embryos, but yet there's still a, a certain uh, subgroup that continue to fail. And so what our test can do at that point is identify those patients. And you're talking about patients that have tried everything at that point. And now all of a sudden we're coming along and detecting a problem that no one thought of. And it, it's, it's not only offering hope, but it's offering a new pathway to success for these patients. So how does this test work? Uh, what, what type of process goes involved uh, for the patient and for the clinic? Well, the test right now is an endometrial biopsy. 
and that is done during the window of implantation. So a patient would be watching when they're ovulating and would have the test done, uh, the biopsy taken about seven to 10 days after uh, ovulation has occurred. It's, it's sent off to our laboratory. It uh, takes only about three or four days to get results back. And a good majority of the patients, 75% of the patients uh, in the unexplained infertility category will test positive. And um, that, as staggering as that sounds, it provides a, a big opportunity for a lot of people that didn't think they had any uh, opportunities left. Once they've uh, found the endometriosis, the patient has uh, two pathways. One is uh, to consider surgery, laparoscopy, where they would go in and look for and remove anything uh, that was there. The alternative to that, and there's going to be some studies coming out soon, where they can use hormone suppression therapy. Uh, to for about 60 or 90 days to give them a course of that. It suppresses the endometriosis long enough for the embryo not only to attach but to stay attached throughout the entire pregnancy. And so we're getting really good success rates about that. We've got some great success stories coming up. Uh, folks that come to our, our website, uh, www.receptivadx. Uh, dot com can actually see some videos of some patients that uh, had almost given up hope, had the test done, had a pathway, ended up with the pregnancy and a successful live birth. What kind of success rates are we seeing with those patients who have chosen to, to utilize this test, has gone through some treatment and moved forward at that point? Well, that's a great question. Uh, first of all, that group going in, if someone tested positive for our test, if they were left untreated, subsequent transfer attempts are successful less than 12% of the time. So it's that continuing to do the same thing, expecting a different result. Meanwhile, there's an emotional toll, there's a physical toll, financial uh, and a financial toll, toll yep. that is this, uh, you can't even describe for uh, what that does with a marriage. So this opportunity for those patients all of a sudden now, and the treatment paper that will be coming out shows that these patients, once they uh, uh, have the test result and the intervention with the hormone therapy, are back up to a 75% success rate on their next transfer after that treatment. So very, very uh, great results coming out, uh, very positive uh, news for a lot of patients. And we're talking about patients that just about gave up that idea of having a family. How long has this test now been available, and is it becoming more widely available at clinics across the country? That's a great question. We now have over 150 IVF centers across the country uh, doing the test. The test has only been out since January of 2017, and uh, we worked as hard as we could to get it to uh, uh, out to the community as soon as possible. And uh, it's just now, in the, in the past six months, really uh, taken off because the centers are finding out about the test and its availability. It, it takes a while for uh, doctors to, uh, they've got so much on their plate to be able to catch up with all the clinical data. And sometimes patients know about the test before a doctor does. So that's always an interesting situation. But we have some great downloads for the patients they can bring into their doctors, discuss that uh, uh, with them. Uh, we have doctors that uh, their physicians can speak with as well to consult not only about the testing, but about the treatment options and about those individual patients. Now, I know this is a, always a tough question, but it, when we're dealing with infertility patients, you know, the, one of the questions always, number one is, what's my success chance going to be? Number two is, 
what's the cost going to be to me? Is is this something that insurance is covering at this time, or is that still in the works, and is it a cash uh, option for patients? Well, insurance right now is taking a, a look at it, uh, and a lot of it comes down to uh, uh, the, the coding of the uh, uh, for the submission to the insurance uh, to make that a little bit simpler uh, if you don't have fertility coverage chances are it won't get paid so it, it remains an out-of-pocket test it's six hundred ninety dollars and while I understand that's a lot of money it's a, a kind of a great thing to look at before you go and spend money on right right so it's all it's all relative in, in in that side of it but for for most patients at that point it's Give me hope. Give me a sense of direction that there is an opportunity for our family still. And that's the greatest thing about this test in the last uh, 15 months. So uh, what's exciting for us is that there are uh, babies being born uh, last month and uh, this month that are kind of that first group that uh, of, uh, of babies that were born as a result of uh, their, their moms getting tested, treated, and then uh, having a successful transfer. Now, you had mentioned endometrial biopsy, and you and I were talking off uh, air a little while ago. Some people may be thinking, oh, well, that I, I've heard another test that does something like this. It's an endometrial uh, receptivity assay. But as we were talking off air, this is kind of a, another tool to work together. So they're not, they're not replacing each other. They're complementing each other. That's that's correct. Uh, there, there's all kinds of tests out there, and uh, your doctors will walk you through uh, each of those and what their their clinical utility is. And as a patient, you are a consumer too, so it's it's good for you to make sure you understand what all these tests do. Uh, the easiest way to describe our test is that there are, there are tests out there that will look at the embryos to make sure they're genetically perfect. I hate to use that word, but that's how, you know, genetically tested and graded. And there's a test out there that also decides when the best window of implantation is. So what we describe to people is that you've got this perfect house guest, you've got this perfect timing of, of when that house guest should show up for the next nine months. Um, did you bother to check to see if the the dining room table set right and the living room table set right. If it's all cluttered, they're not going to stay. And it's the same thing for, for that egg. So we're checking the uterine lining, making sure there's nothing on there that's going to cause any dysfunction that would prevent an egg from attaching and staying attached. And are there any upcoming next steps that uh, we should be looking forward towards? Well, there's a lot of research going on. Uh, a lot of it would be premature to talk about. Our long-term goal is to be able to uh, see if we can identify markers such as the, the BCL6 marker in our current profile in other sample types. Uh, we in the industry consider endometrial biopsy being non-invasive, uh, which means it's not surgery, yet at the same time it is, it is painful and we understand there's discomfort. Our goal hopefully later on uh, even if it's uh, outside of the fertility of uh, the world, is to look at uh, technologies where maybe in a pap smear or a saliva test or a blood test where we can identify these conditions at least in advance and maybe help a patient, uh, a, a young girl at 21, who for no reason should be having the heavy menstrual periods uh, but uh, maybe has endometriosis, which could end up being long-term scarring that might prevent her from uh, being able to have a baby later on. So if we can identify patients like that, a lot better information. You know, 20 years ago, they were told they had irritable bowel syndrome or that's just your period, deal with it. 
and uh, they weren't offered a lot of hope. So that's our long-term goal is to be able to identify uh, endometriosis sooner. I mean, right now, I think the statistic is it takes 11 years for the average person to be diagnosed with endometriosis in our country. And you're talking about a, <laughs> uh, the United States, so you can imagine what it's like in other countries. Well, thank you so much, Chris. This has been very in interesting. Uh, it's a, a mind exploding in some ways because it's brand new. It's kind of hitting the field now. And uh, we're going to look forward to seeing the latest developments coming down the line. And we're big uh, talking about uh, screening and to know that this could be yet another screening tool, not only now for people going through infertility, but as you were saying, earlier diagnosis of endometriosis and how that can help somebody with their family planning years in advance mm -hmm. is pretty exciting to think of as well. So thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. And if you would like to get additional information regarding the Receptiva test, you can visit them on the web at www.receptiviadx, that is R-E-C-E-P-T-I-V-A-D-X.com. they got some great videos that you can watch as well as get some additional information, or you can always ask your reproductive specialist. If you've been trying to start your own family and haven't had success, you're not alone. Millions of people just like you are experiencing the same very personal and painful frustration. Infertility affects men and women equally. The Missouri Center for Reproductive Medicine, MCRM Fertility, can help. MCRM accepts most insurance and you don't need a referral. They offer the most advanced science and technology, including exclusive techniques and the embryo scope. Check them out at mcrmfertility.com. That concludes today's episode of Focus on Fertility. We do want to send out a special thank you for Christopher Jackson, President and CEO of Cicero DX, for joining us today to talk about the Receptivia test. Again, if you would like to listen to previous editions of Focus on Fertility, visit us online at focusonfertility.net. Or if you have questions specifically related to this topic today or would like to send out a specific request of what you'd like to hear in the future. Email me at questions at focusonfertility.net.